Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Faith to Go podcast, your one-stop shop for everything you need to have faith discussions throughout your week with your friends and with your family. My name is David Tremaine, and I'm the Digital Resource Curator for Faith to Go. And I'm Charlotte Pressler, and I'm the Youth Missioner for the Episcopal Diocese of San Diego. Good morning, and my name is Antoine Cummins, and I have the pleasure of joining you guys as a guest today. Um, I serve on campus at San Diego State University with Agape House, which is the Episcopal Lutheran um, campus ministry at San Diego State, where I serve as the engagement coordinator. So happy to be here and excited to get into this text. Thank you, Antoine, for being here. We're so excited that you're here to uh, talk about this gospel with us today for Sunday, December 19th uh, from uh, Luke chapter 1, the Magnificat. And this is uh, this is Advent 4, everybody. This is our last Sunday before Christmas. So crazy how it's uh, how it's gone so fast. And also, it's a long Advent. It's a long Advent. Christmas Eve on Saturday, which Advent. is this year. Yeah is the longest it can be yeah, because if right. christmas eve was on sunday wouldn't that make christmas eve also advent for yes that's right so this yeah. is the longest this is the longest it can be um and so we are excited to be here joining you for this week leading up to at the uh, to sunday advent for sunday december 19th and before we get into anything we need to hear more about antoine so antoine would you share a little bit about your more about your ministry context and all the stuff that you do at san diego state also just like generally in san diego what are what is what's your ministry look like um interesting thing about my ministry is that i'm slowly still figuring it out um before mm-hmm. i jumped into ministry i just talk about myself you know i've been been around for a long time you know no, I'm, I'm like 28 um but I, you know i was born in barbados raised in brooklyn new york Spent nine years in Iowa. You know, I played football, um, did campus ministry, became the campus ministry director, did you know taxes and high school math teaching. I, I don't know. I just did a lot. And coming to San Diego, um, I think I was just trying to you know check all the coasts. Right? It's like I did the thing on the East Coast. I did the thing in the middle. Now I'm trying to figure out you know what God is up to on the West Coast. Um, and I had the you know, amazing opportunity, invitation to work with the Gapi House. Um, Food insecurity and housing insecurity, um, for those of you who don't know, are two of the biggest and yet not the only struggles that college students face. Um, and Agape House, you know, has chose to kind of stand in the breach to try to mitigate as much of that that it can meet those needs and then just walk with students. Um, as always, though, you know, there's always work to be done. And with my passion um, for just anti-racism work and, you know, dismantling systems of oppression, even that has taken on a different role for me. Um, but I show up. And we can get into that in another podcast when I'm back. But um, the work is never <laughs> ending. Um, and, you know, the yeah. power of the gospel is always renewed. Um, so that's a little bit about me. As politically correct as I can say. You know, <laughs> there's no need for that. But I did have an exciting idea as Antoine was talking. Yeah. Because Antoine said, when I'm back, you know, that's another podcast when I'm back. Yeah. What about if we took the podcast to Antoine? Yeah. What about if we record live from Agape House? Yeah, we should do that. That would be really fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we should do that. Yeah. I like that already. Okay. <laughs> it's done. Let's get on the calendar. Sometime in the spring. We'll go. Yeah. Um, all right. And uh, Antoine, every week we like to ask either each other or our guest um, if they would share with us somewhere that they saw or felt God's movement in their life, in their work, in their personal life. Just any time in the last week you had like a consolation or you could, it could even be a desolation, a time where it was hard to feel where God was moving. 
so would you share with us one of those, yes. one of those oh, times? I'm going to go with desolation because I think it serves as a primer for some of the texts that we're going to talk about too. <clears throat> mm-hmm. um, I, in campus ministry and higher ed, we refer to this as like the post-George Floyd era. I'm not sure if that's accurate. Um, but, you know, the, the point is that we're pointing to a time where at least the social awareness of the state of our country, um, racial tensions and all that, should at least be in the general forefront of you know, people's psyche. Um, but the church is just not there yet, right? The church has, you know, still trying to figure out a way to catch up. I mean, the church is still trying to figure out Zoom. But the next step is the church to figure out, you know, how it shows up in that space. Um, and for me, you know, several board meetings, some meetings with some staff members, it's like, can we do better? And how long do we have to wait? Um, so the, I guess that would be the desolation that the, the church is still trying to catch up um, and just trying to find a place for myself within that, I think has been mm-hmm. hard. Um, but then, as I said, as a primer for this text, um, more than a song, more than a prayer, more than just as like this poetic thing. I think the gospel continually invites us to participate in a way that's like you know, active and engaged and sometimes messy. Um, mm-hmm. So I guess that's the hope to the, the desolation. All right. So thank you so much, Antoine, for that. That's awesome. Um, and we're going to get into that and we're going to get into this gospel. Uh, but before we jump in, we always want to make sure you all know that we would love to hear from you. There's a lot of ways to get in touch with us. Uh, we want to hear your stories uh, from your week of faith discussion and reflection, any of your questions or comments. Um, we'd love to hear any of the places you saw God this past week um, or just anything you want to talk to us about, tell us about, have questions about from any of the discussions we have. You can email us, faithtogo at edsd.org. You can contact us through our website, myfaithtogo.org. You can direct message us or tag us on Instagram at faithtogo. Or participate in some of the polls and things that we do on Instagram. That's a great way to, to get in touch. And then you can always also call us uh, and leave a voicemail, 562-384-7638. That's 562-FTGPOD8. And now we're going to get into the gospel for this uh, Sunday. Again, Advent 4 uh, in year C, Luke 1, 39 through 55. The 46 through 55, the whole Magnificat is technically optional in the lectionary, (laughs) but we're going to read it all because why wouldn't we? So uh, Charlie's going to read it, and then uh, we'll each highlight a point from, from this gospel for you. In those days, Mary set out and went with haste to a Judean town in the hill country, where she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the child leapt in her womb, And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit and exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why has this happened to me, that the mother of my Lord comes to me? For as soon as I heard the sound of your greeting, the child in my womb leaped for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her by the Lord. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has looked with favor on the lowliness of his servant. Surely from now on all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me, and holy is his name. His mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. 
He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy, according to the promise he made to our ancestors, to Abraham and to his descendants forever. All right. So here we are. Uh, last week uh, in Advent 3, we were talking about chapter 3 of Luke's Gospel. Uh, we were talking about John the Baptist in the wilderness, yelling at people. Now we're doing, we're Tarantinoing it. We're going backwards. And uh, now we've got John as a baby uh, in the womb. And then Mary uh, conceiving uh, and having just conceived. So right before this is the, is the story um, of Zechariah and Elizabeth of Elizabeth's miraculous um, conception of her own as a person who is older, who is who sh- believed that she was unable to have children, and then an angel appears to her and says, "Hey, guess what? Uh, you're going to have this child." And so this is six months later after that, because uh, Elizabeth is six months pregnant uh, when an angel comes to Mary and says, "You know, you'll have you're going to have this child, and you're going to name him Jesus." And not only that, but your relative Elizabeth who in her old age, who believed she was barren, she's going to have a child too. So nothing is impossible with God. And then we get into this, and then this story happens next. So that's verses 1 through 38, and then this is 39. And then after this, goes back, goes forward again, probably a few, a few months later, to uh, John's birth, uh, more about Zechariah and Elizabeth, and then into Jesus' birth. And then we get to chapter 3, Um with John in the wilderness. So we're getting all this backstory in Luke uh, and then and all this kind of messaging about like what the what the what the like big world changing implications are uh, for these events that are taking place in this little small town with these people who otherwise we would never hear about, you know. So here we are uh, and that's where we are in this gospel and Charlotte has the first point. I do. Um, And I'm so grateful that you offered the context just now because really where I have been in this story, and if I'm honest, where I have been for this first half of Advent is thinking about Mary on her journey. And we hear, you know, nothing is impossible with God and this miraculous pregnancy for Elizabeth and certainly the miraculous pregnancy of Mary. And then Mary heads off to see Elizabeth. And I'm imagining as she's walking with haste, because she went with haste, not a slow walk, but a hasty walk, (laughs) um, to visit Zechariah and Elizabeth, All I can think about is those steps, because I think that it's probably safe to say that all of us in some time in our lives have been on a journey to see someone knowing that we need to share something with them that is complicated or hard or that is causing us anxiety and pain and wondering about how we're going to be received. And even though the text doesn't tell us that Mary is feeling those things, 
I'm actually kind of grateful that the text doesn't tell us that Mary is feeling those things because it allows us to relate to Mary from our own place, right? From our own, with our own baggage and our own stuff and to live into this walk that she's taking on her way to see Elizabeth. Because here she is, a teenager, pregnant with the Son of God, who is going to see her older um, relative and announce this. Mm -hmm. That's loaded. Mm -hmm. Um, At least to me, that feels loaded. And so Mary is going through and she calls out. I imagine she knocks on the door or she calls out as she's coming through the gate to Elizabeth. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit and exclaimed with a loud cry. And I think that in that moment that Mary was probably changed too, Mm -hmm. that she was filled with the Holy Spirit or felt the peace wash over her of that love and acceptance um, that was unexpected to her. That certainly, it's not that maybe she was expecting the worst, but I think that she was definitely hesitant as to what she was going to find. I would have been hesitant as to what I was going to find in that moment. And whether it was the Holy Spirit going through Elizabeth or Elizabeth's kind heart and her previous relationship with Mary or a combination of those things, she greets her in a way that is filled with God's love. You know, I think if we interviewed Mary after this day, she would be like, oh my God, sighting this week was in my cousin Elizabeth, (laughs) right? Um, Who embraced me and all of my messiness and my complication and not only loved me, but loved me vibrantly. Um, And not with, oh, Mary, sweetie, I'm so sorry. How are you doing? But blessed are you among women and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And goes on to like talk about how blessed she is to be with Mary on this journey and how the baby in her womb leapt with joy. And as someone who's been kicked by a baby, I imagine that that was quite a feeling. Right. And... I just love that it has to have changed everything for Mary in that moment and breathed into her this Holy Spirit moment with Elizabeth with the courage for the journey ahead. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Love that. Go ahead, Antoine. What are you going to say? Go ahead, Antoine. No, I'm still stuck at your imagery of you know, just the actual you know, walk. You know, I don't know. It got like two verses maybe, three words. But yeah, you know, there right. was an entire right. experience, a whole journey. Anyway, thank you for that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, because who? I don't even know how far Mary would have had to travel to go see. Probably a couple of miles, ten maybe. And like uh, farther than right? I don't. I don't. It's like it's not like she went. Yeah, she didn't walk down the street. Yeah. You know, it's like pretty far, and in the midst of this like scary, traumatic time, like. The amazing thing is Elizabeth, like, Elizabeth bears witness to the messiness of the moment. And, like, there's something that that creates, that opens up space for Mary to express the messiness that she's experiencing. You know, like, so, yeah, and I love that. Because, like, the Magnificat is, like, has so much in it is like it is like about joy and fear and hope and sadness it's like everything's all wrapped up and it is like that perfect like complex textured fabric of pregnancy you know of like hope and anxiety (laughs) you know like especially especially in this in this moment in this moment in time in history like with these two people 
Um, so, yeah. So I just I love that and how you how you did kind of like a midrash, like creating a story in between the lines. You know, I love that. Yeah. And so I think that goes into my point because I'm thinking about um, I'm thinking about their place in history. You know, and like in this this moment in time, their like their cultural and social context. Having children in this moment in time, you know, for these two specific women, in a time where these, like Elizabeth as like an older woman and Mary as such so much of a younger woman, are both like very vulnerable people, uh, in a group of people who are oppressed and marginalized and colonized, you know, in this time by the Roman Empire, and and so I'm thinking about like the the juxtaposition of like hope and fear in this they're both feeling this excitement this hope this promise of what god is doing it's not just it is the the miracle of children and of pregnancy but it's also layered on top of that this really big like cultural world changing possibility that like things could be better things could be different for these these kids you know that that these kids could come and change things for their people. And so I'm just I'm thinking about that and holding that with like Mary's words about like the powerful being brought down from their thrones and like the rich going away empty and like how this there's going to be this cosmic shift, you know, in this birth. And then the reality that like in 30 years both of these both of these people will be dead, you know? Like John John, we hear John die in uh, John's death in the gospel, you know, and uh, and then Jesus's death. Obviously, we we talk about it all the time. We know it very well. But I just like it. It. it I think for me, it, it's like it brings up the question: like, what then? Where then is the hope? What What is the ongoing hopefulness if we don't have this kind of magical thinking, like? just because Mary's pregnant, everything is going to be okay now. Or just because Jesus does something or God does something, it's all going to change. Back to what Antoine was saying, you were saying before, like how much longer is it going to take, (laughs) you know? And I think as long as we think about it magically, like when our prayer is God, please change things. I feel like that kind of, it's not that God does not, is not moving in the world, but that it kind of like takes it takes the responsibility off of us to do the things that are that we are required to do to bring about the kind of change we say we want. And so I'm just thinking like about how, where is Mary's hope now, you know, in the face of the crucifixion, in the face of like the fact that both of these kids like died at the hands of the people that she said had been brought down from their thrones, you know? And so I'm just like thinking about how if we if we if we move away from that kind of magical thinking and we look not just at like Jesus's death but at the the realities of his life about his words about John and John's life and his actions and what he was preaching to people about just last week we heard him say if you have two coats give one of them away and let's do the same thing with your food and if you're a tax collector don't collect more than you're supposed to and if you're a soldier be happy with your wages cuz you're getting enough it's like there is that we are like the inheritors of Mary's hope. And as much as God is like fulfilling promises and prophecies, Jesus didn't Jesus didn't seem to think that it was all about God's action in the world that was going to make everything better. He clearly and John clearly believed that we had to change as well, that like we created 
the space and the possibility for newness to come into the world, working with God and God working through us. And so I'm just like, I'm just thinking about like carrying that in this Advent season where we're thinking about like expectation and anticipation and hope and and about this, we, we, we talk so much about this miracle of what God is doing in the world. And then I'm thinking, how is like Mary pointing back at us and saying, and now what, where are you going to, how are you going to pick up that miracle and multiply it yourself? Like keep it going. Like both of these women, God is again doing that thing that God always does, which is make a way where there is no way. In the midst of impossibility, God creates the possible. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like in the in a barren womb, God creates life. And so it's like, where where is that barrenness now? And how are we, how can we work with God to to see the life that is emerging from it and to cultivate it and to make change in the world so that that life can multiply, so that everyone can have that life. That Mary was promised and promising these thousands of years ago that we're still working towards now. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and like take up our mantle in that, take up our, our responsibility. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, I'm just blown away again by, you know, your ability to contextualize it. Cause I usually get lost in all the, I'm very emotional. Like I feel a lot. So I usually get lost in like, like you mentioned, you know, the hope, the anger, the rage. The, yes. <laughs> There's so like, much. Well, you know, yeah. You know, yeah. And it's like, we're talking about, particular person in a particular time with all these things so yeah of course you know there's going to be layers and layers on layers to this entire human experience so just to hear it being articulated is so liberating for me it's like oh yeah like there's no right answer it's all there you know right it's just a big swirling swirl of emotion and like possibility and fear and right 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 (laughs) everything just everything is messy well, I'm sitting here thinking maybe I should have went first because you guys are giving me too much to chew on now. And I thought I was like, <laughs> you're so, like, you know, I'm just moved by it all. And I'm like, oh, yeah. Am I prepared? Like, wh- wh- how do you, where do I start? Um, but I think for me, I mean, just drawing from, you know, the two things that I'm still stuck with from what both of you shared is like the walk, right? Begins with this walk. Again, you know, how far, I don't know, how long, we don't know. But just imagining, you know, what, she would have experienced on that walk you know it's like like you bring in the context for what you shared just now it's like yeah this is a place and a people under oppression so that walk mm-hmm. in and of itself probably moved her you know beyond imagination like the mm. the hunger um the the injustices the violence you know like that walk was probably in and of itself a book you know a narrative mm-hmm. a documentary mm-hmm. then she does show up to a family member and then there's like that whole other liberation the faith the joy the emotions um and i think we are left to you know choose how do we participate in this and it's like you know i think mary has done the heavy lifting right she gave birth to that which who is supposed to save us and we sit here you know mostly in our privilege and our you know 21st century technologically advanced society we're like hmm, how do we engage with this and i think for me <laughs> that that is the challenge, right? You know, do we make plays? Do we do dramas? Do we sing songs that then we critique and be harsh with each other about? Yeah, and um, I think one of you mentioned the invitation is also, you know, almost like a political one, right? It's like a prophetic one. Um, mm-hmm. Messy, yes. Undefined, yes. Um, but I think that also depends on you know how we how we approach it. Um, 
for me, because I am very emotional, I have to like break things down very linearly and logical to try to figure out what the heck I'm even saying. But as I was reading the text, you know, and I'm hearing Mary echo this, you know, she's talking about, you know, the God who has been, right? This historical account of God and the people of Israel, um, you know, echoing what Micah might've prophesied, you know, the people before her, her ancestors, mm -hmm. there's that historical nature to it. Then there's also like that present reality, like this thing, this person, this possibility in her womb, um, the walk, you know, there's this very real present nature to this all. And then the hope, right? The God who is to come. Um, and for me, I think that's where the miracle is. The fact that Mary and Elizabeth even believe this stuff, like forget the divine intervention, mm -hmm. the divine concept, forget the, divin the, the divine nature of it. The fact that there's two, like you mentioned kids, right? Walking through this oppressive place and believing this stuff, I think is a miracle. It's like, mm -hmm. like just thinking about it just gives me chills, right? Um, yeah. And that they don't stop there, right? Like that's just the, like the beginning yeah. of this like, wild story. And then Luke, I'm not sure if it was intentional, um, you know, but you talk about, you know, th these kids grow up and then are executed, you know, at, you know, the discretion of empire. And like, I don't know, like Luke kind of, I don't know, it's like he, <laughs> the way he narrates some of the stories, it's like Jesus refers to Mary as like woman. And, you know, being a black man, you know, <laughs> it's like, you know, powerful black women it's like if i call my mom anything other than divine it's like you know, that's, that's not gonna end well this very gift that i'm talking about with all this hope you know becomes a yeah. young adult and starts referring to her as like woman you don't know it was like just wild to me anyway i don't know if you guys are here what i'm saying but it just yeah there's so many yeah. Yeah, yeah. To this story that's, that's like what yeah. like Huh? And she continues to show up, you know, even to the end, you know, with all the other Marys. Um, that was my word vomit. If I was to try to, you know, pull it all together. Um, <laughs> <laughs> for me, it's just like, there's poverty, there's hunger, there's powerlessness. Um, there's either craziness, or I guess you can say courage on behalf of the community mm -hmm. who was being oppressed. Um, and Mary, you know, obviously she knew, right? What I haven't said yet is that song has been stuck in the back of my head. You know, did Mary know? Yes, she knew. And in fact, on behalf of her, her experiences and her people, this is almost like a demand, right? Um, like, you know, this thing in my stomach better be the answer, right? On those questions I asked earlier, you know, can we do better after that walk? But she demanded probably, yes, we have to do better. Like, this is unacceptable. Um, and the hope for me is like, you know, how long do we have to wait? No, not long, just a couple more months. Um, and then everything will change. And then like David mentioned, you know, things don't quite change. And yet, you know, we have to sing the song. Um, you know, given the history of my ancestors, you know, it, it drew out like, you know, what we refer to as African-American spirituals, you know, that, that nature of <laughs> reality for scriptural text and just the good news. It's like the song mm -hmm. feels good. It might not necessarily be a good thing during a good time. And yet we sing it because there's applications for us, right? And you can mm -hmm. sing it and mm -hmm. go to sleep, or you could be singing these songs and be preparing for action. Um, and I think, uh, I think like Charlotte mentioned, you know, that's the invitation, right? You know, when we when we look at this text, these verses as a poem, as a call to action, um, what is it that's being asked of us? Um, ooh, and yeah, I mean, you could. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. I don't know. I should stop there, guys. <laughs> so well, good. So that's our three points for today. 
Wow. I know. I feel like we did a really good job today. That might have been six or seven points, yeah. but yes. We knocked, we knocked it out of the park. Mm-hmm. Um, so, for a quick recap, um, point number one was Charlotte's. And it was about this walk of Mary, you know, and the, what, the words that we don't get in the story. Uh, and this important interaction between um, Mary and Elizabeth and all that is wrapped up in that, all the emotion, all the... Everything that happened between when Mary left her house and showed up at Elizabeth's and this greeting that only takes up one sentence of the gospel, you know, so much is in there. And how much that the way that Elizabeth responds, you know, is an important part of this story and holding space for Mary in the midst of of anxiety and hope and joy and suffering, you know, all happening at the same time. Number two was mine, and it was about kind of the, the context of this story about the the hope that we continue to inherit from Mary, from Jesus, the words and the actions uh, that we are invited into, uh, to participate in, that Mary is inviting us into a like the participative work of God in the world. And then Antoine's followed from both of ours uh, about, you know, this mix of emotion that's in this story, the the joy and uh, the suffering in the midst of, of this scene. And how the hope the hope that exists is the miracle you know of the story that that these words can can energize us to action they can console us uh in our hopeless feelings and they can help us to touch those fearful joyful anxious parts of ourselves those they it encapsulates for us our messiness our mystery our infinite complexity as people that we have all those things in us all the time so Having heard those three points, uh, we would love to hear what your point would have been from this gospel. We'd also love to hear any of your uh, questions or comments or stories from your week of faith discussion or reflection. You can email us, faithtogoatedsd.org. You can contact us through our website, myfaithtogo.org. You can direct message us or tag us on Instagram at faithtogo, or you can call us and leave us a voicemail, 562-384-7638. That's 562-CHARLOTTE. That's 562-FTGPOD8. Antoine, thank you so much for being here. You're the best. Thank you. This was this was cool. I was skeptical okay. coming yeah. in, but this yeah. was this was fun. Yeah. I just love you guys. Thank you. Absolutely. We're so excited. Well, we are excited to have you back on the podcast sometime yes. soon. We'll come and, to you. Uh, that's right. We'll be back next week. Until then, we say goodbye. Goodbye, goodbye everybody. everybody.